Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. All right, so we're going to jump into uh, the, the teaching for today. I'm going to ask that you would um, maybe try to, to, to put on your imagination glasses for a minute, or maybe for some of you, it helps to close your eyes to visualize certain things. Um, this message today is, is kind of sparked out of a question from King David, uh, something that he asked God just between the two of them that I think is just such a beautiful question to ask and such an important thing. David is alone in the wilderness. He's recognizing that, um, you know, he realizes all of his flaws, all of his things that he has wrong, um, all of the ways that he should be a better man, but he's not, all of these different things. He, he knows all of his own shortcomings, and it's that moment of hitting him that God is continually reaching him and forming him and molding him and changing, and he says, he says to God, who am I that you are mindful of me? Like, who am I that you are mindful of me? And it's that beautiful thing of recognizing he's, God is perfect. Um, he, why, why is he wasting his time on me? I don't deserve it kind of thing. Who am I that you are mindful of me? Uh, I think this is, you know, one of the songs we sang at the end there with uh, that every day that we would have incense going, morning and night, incense. What is incense for God? It's asking questions like, who am I that you are mindful of me? This is a pleasing aroma that goes up, and it's something that God would recognize that he, my boy's getting it. I like it. And so here's where we're going to, try to imagine today. This message is about uh, dust and what you can do with dust and how God makes just dust, dirt, into things that are absolutely beautiful. Uh, and so if you will please close your eyes for a moment and I want you to imagine a pottery wheel. Uh, if you've seen the movie Ghost before, you should remember this scene. The slow-turning wheel, and so it's something that typically you kind of sit down for. You sit down on a, a little stool of some kind, and you have a foot pedal over there near your right foot. Whenever you step on that, it makes the, the pottery table turn around and it spins around slowly, and this is where you would take your ball of clay and throw it down onto the pottery wheel, and you activate it with your foot, and you start to shape this thing, and the, the spinning around, the going around and around, gives you this ability to create things that seem like they're impossible for a human to make. And so, 
Open, open your eyes for now. I wanted you to get the picture in your mind of the potter's wheel. It's called the wheel that spins. Anybody ever here do pottery on a potter's wheel? All right, we're going to need to hold a pottery class in the Hope Center. It's like four of you. Like four of you. You really should try it. It's, it's slimy but nice. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm much more familiar with a, a wood lathe, and I've done quite a bit of work on that, but the same thing, it just spins a lot faster, and um, wood hurts way more than clay, typically. But uh, the same idea, something spinning, and so you would use uh, either tools or use your fingers to take material away and to shape things and form things and begin building something. And so uh, with that picture in mind, I want to jump over to the prophet Jeremiah, and we'll talk about some things he said about pottery. Um, Jeremiah is one of the prophets in the Old Testament, and he begins to speak about what God is doing and what his role is and our role. Um, But before that even took place, in the very beginning, if you're, if, you know, the, the, <laughs> all the way to the left in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 up to chapter 2, uh, this is that moment where God is creating, he is speaking things into existence, speaking things into being. He's saying, let there be light, and there was light. He says, let there be Uh, an expanse, and there's going to be a separation, and there will be water under it, and then land over here, and he's creating the sky, and the land, and the water. It says he's creating the birds of the air, the beasts of the field. He's just on a roll, and he's, he's going and creating these things, and when day six comes along, so every day he's kind of on a new, I imagine him waking up early, like, today we're going to take care of the cattle, or whatever. But day six comes along, and the angels have just been watching what God is creating. They're standing in awe of everything that he's doing. But on day six, this is the first time that he doesn't speak yet. He doesn't speak something into existence. Um, And this is our turn to be created. Instead, he reaches down and he grabs a pile of dust from the ground. And he starts molding it and squeezing it, and the angels have to be thinking, like, what are you, what's, what's this one? <laughs> what's this one going to look like? But God is getting his hands dirty, creating the crown jewel of everything that he would make. Us. Adam, the first one. But Adam, it says he was still lifeless. He was, he was still dust. It was a man, but he was a dust man. Some of you are married to one of those. It says that God bends down and he breathes the breath of life into the man made of dust. And we see God make this beautiful thing out of dirt. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're a beautiful thing. It says it in his word. All right, we're going to read... 
We're going to read from Jeremiah chapter 18. This is the prophet Jeremiah. He says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. And so I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot that he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So it was damaged somehow. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of a potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. And so there are two things that are, that are happening here with this, this pottery scene. Uh, there's the vision that the potter has in his mind of what he's trying to make and the willingness and readiness of the clay. If you ever do any kind of pottery, you have to have the clay to a certain place before it's workable. You have to get the right amount of water in it so it can be the right consistency. It's pliable, but it's not too wet, yada, yada. It just keeps going. And so there's a picture in the potter's mind, and then there's the condition of the clay. The potter has a vision for that clay. I work on a lathe. If I'm going to make a bowl, I have a vision in my mind of the bowl. I don't just put something on there and go, I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's something that's already been made in my mind. I've already carved this thing in my head. And so I just need to do it in person. The potter has a vision for that clay. This story is about God having a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, one of the most famous, uh, loved, memorized verses of all time. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when, I, when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. Any of you here ever say, I don't know, I've been trying to connect with God, I just can't seem to... I can't seem to, re this is one of those, pro I will be found by you. He's not hiding behind the sofa. He's not like the grand champion of hide and seek. Like, I just don't know. I don't know where he is. So we got to figure that out then. <laughs> I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from ca captivity. And so in this story, God is the potter. He already knows what he wants to create. He's simply making on the outside what he's already made on the inside of his mind, right? And that's us. <laughs> By the time God ever puts his hands on you, there's already a completed version of you in his mind. By the time he's ever started to work on anything with you or change things or grow you or challenge you, uh, increase your faith in any way. By the time he ever gets his hands on you, there is a complete, perfect, beautiful version of you in his mind that he has. He's just, now he's just making on the outside what he already has on the inside. 
I looked up recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, if you're familiar with Rookwood pottery, um, there's some, some nice pieces that are lower end, middle, and then some very higher end stuff uh, from a local pottery place in Cincinnati, um, just famous for a long time. But the most expensive piece of Rookwood clay pottery that sold recently was $32,000 on eBay for this little bitty clay pitcher that it looked like, I mean, I don't think I'd have went 20 bucks for it at certain flea markets. And it went for 32,000. And the entire reason that this pot went for $32,000, it was not anything to do with the value of the dirt. It didn't have any kind of fancy clay in it or anything. Uh, it, the, the dirt and the clay was useless, worthless, until the hands of the potter made it valuable. The potter is the one who was able to instill value into that worthless dust. And this one in particular was uh, from a master potter of Rookwood. It was one of his first pieces, and it was all about his name, that particular potter being on it that brought value to it. And this story that Jeremiah brings up, uh, we're the clay. So God's the potter, we're the, plague, the clay. The clay is pretty useless without the hands of the potter doing something incredible with it. Um, now the thing about pottery, unless you're a little bit crazy, you don't talk to the clay usually. I've, I've dabbled in crazy. But you typically don't talk to the clay to, to check with it to see what it wants to become. Uh, to see what it wants to do. What, how, how is it feeling today? What are you up to? What are your goals? The potter is the one who's in charge. He doesn't ask if it's okay to make you into a certain thing or this way or that. But we do. We constantly do. If God is invited into any part, we say, yeah, but actually, could you like, I'm looking for someone who's six foot two. Yeah, but what about, and we do this thing where we want to demand the outcome. We want to know, well, what am I going to become? What's it going to look like? Am I going to like it forever? That seems uncomfortable. In this story, life is the potter's wheel. The potter's wheel serves one purpose, to keep the clay in the hands of the potter. Life goes on around and around and around, and it's all about what happens when that wheel turns and the progress that gets made and what he's shaping you into. Some of us are maybe in a place right now where we're demanding answers that only heaven can give you. Like we're demanding answers about why did he have to die? Why did I lose that job? Why did she say no to me? Why did this happen, this happen, this happen? And we're demanding certain answers that we're not going to have this side of heaven. This story is about recognizing that um, the, the clay doesn't tell you what it wants to become. Jeremiah chapter 18, it says, And the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. Um, have you ever heard the saying, spoiled in the potter's hand? Uh, and what it means is that if 
you have someone who's a master at something, they see things that other people don't see. So if you've ever become good at making something, um, and you show it to someone and they think it's amazing, and then you point out everything that's wrong with it, you're like, oh, actually, I messed this up, this is wrong, there's a crack over here, uh, it's held together with a Band-Aid over here, kind of things. <laughs> because the master, the better they are, the more they're going to recognize every little imperfection and thing that's wrong. And so the, the pottery can be spoiled in the potter's hands. He's looking at it. He's seeing certain things that we can't recognize. And for some crazy reason, all of a sudden, it looks like he's almost finished. He's going to wrap it up. It's beautiful. And he smashes it. And he just squishes it down and starts smacking it back together and reforming something different and just trashed all of his work because something was spoiled in his hand. When I was, uh, uh, I guess like four, maybe four years ago, uh, I was making a, a, a 12 inch bowl on the lathe out of a chunk of walnut and I got pretty close to the end and it was beautiful and it was gonna be great, but I'm not a master and I didn't recognize certain things that were wrong with that wood, um, that it, it, it looked okay to me. And so as I got towards the end of it, this is a, like, it, it, <laughs> the, something caught and went wrong and the bowl sheared in half at uh, 3,500 RPM. <laughs> and a piece that was about two and a half pounds came off of it and hit me in the face and uh, <laughs> knocked me mostly unconscious in the garage and then when I came to I realized there was an off-balance spinning machine jumping around my workshop now <laughs> because it was and there was blood everywhere and so I get it shut off, I grab my face, I ran inside and checked and looked in the mirror and my lips weren't in the place they were supposed to be. Um, and I went and got, I ended up getting 26 stitches through, through my mouth and uh, inside and outside. But they used the brown ones and mixed them into my beard, it was nice. But it was a, it was a reminder that um, I still had a bunch of stuff to learn, um, like the next day I got a face shield, um, but also uh, that there were, there were these little fine cracks in it that I didn't pay enough attention to, and someone who's a master would have told me that thing was going to blast me in the face every time that they would have known. Unfortunately, it wasn't spoiled in my hands. It was spoiled in my face. Clay is blind also to its own impurities and imperfections and air bubbles and things that just aren't right. The clay doesn't recognize it a lot of the time. Jeremiah 17 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and it's beyond cure. Who can understand it? What he's kind of asking here is like, how? We, we don't even get how it works a lot of times, how we're able to um, ignore the stuff in our life that is glaringly wrong. 
How are we able to justify certain things that we know God wouldn't, wouldn't like, but whenever we're praying or thinking about it, or how do I draw closer to God? How do I uh, get rid of some of these problems in my life? We're like, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> Psalm 19 says, who can discern their own errors? Forgive me my hidden faults. Like, God, you gotta, you got to help me find the stuff that I don't even recognize that's wrong. Here's why I'm bringing this up. Because with the potter and the clay and the wheel, uh, the first thing that that potter does when he begins to work on things so he doesn't waste his time is he purifies the clay. He purifies it. Um, he's got to make sure that that clay is clean. Denying purification is to deny um, like your own destiny because God doesn't even begin working with a lot of those pieces until they're right. That's, that's, still, that's still clay that's sitting in the bin. It's not ready to be worked with yet because it's not, it's not purified yet. And so with us, it would be removing sin, removing things that are wrong in your life unhealthy patterns, addictions, things that just God is, impurities, air bubbles, little cracks, flaws. And so ask yourself, like, is there, is there sin in my life? Um, I feel like the longer I walk with Christ, it's and not in a not in a a bad woe is me way or or a guilt way or anything like that. But I feel like I'm. It's revealed to me more every every year how much of a turd I am. You know what I'm saying? Certain things that you're just like, Man, I don't like this about me. I know other people don't. I know God wouldn't like it about me. How do I work on this? Is there sin in my life because that sin is an imperfection that's going into the clay and it's clay that God doesn't choose to work with? And so it might be keeping you from being breathed the breath of life in. If you're sitting there right now like, I still feel kind of dusty. It might be that. The other thing that he does after he makes sure that the clay has been purified he ensures the right condition of the clay, the, the moisture, the wetness, that it's, it's got to be just right. For me, is my, is my heart just right, or is it, is it way too hard? Um, do you have people who come and try to share their troubles with you, and you're just like, you're in another conversation in your head? I think Wendy's later. Yeah. Spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah. They're pouring their heart out to you. Or somebody's asking for help or advice or this or that. And my advice is like, don't be as stupid as you are all the time. <laughs> That's a hardness of heart issue. And potters can't work with hard clay. They can't work with hard clay. 
The other thing is that that clay needs to stay on that wheel. If the clay's off the wheel, you're in trouble. You gotta restart. So some of you might be newer to church. Um, I know some people watching online. Um, We've had several people coming in who they started watching online and they'd never been to church before and and then they came in person and just and it can be super exciting too. I remember the beginning of my faith and how just in awe of everything I was when I gave my life to Christ and I see some of you and I, I love it and they're like yeah I love this God thing everything's going great and this hot person at church said that I was a hot person But then it's like, it always happens. Actually, the hot person at church was looking at the hot person behind me, I found out. (laughs) Boom. Or I didn't get that job, or I didn't get the apartment, or they didn't accept our offer. Uh, I didn't get the thing I prayed for. This happened to somebody I love. Boom. And we go back to God, we say, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Things were going awesome for like two weeks. I thought everything was fixed. You need to get it together. But the thing about the potter is the potter is never bothered by uh, the clay wanting to be something else than what he's making. Uh, He's never concerned with how the clay is feeling at that time. Um, Sometimes the clay throws a tantrum. And what the potter does is he sits back like a good parent does. He waits for it to to smooth out. My kids over the years have exhausted themselves with certain things that um, they were fighting with me over or whatever, and I, I could either make it worse or I could just realize that who I am, I'm the, I know who they're coming back to when they want Skyline. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than your earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Any of you currently frustrated with where God has you or where you are in the stage of your life right now or maybe there's been some kind of transition and you just don't like it? You're frustrated with um, things don't seem like they are going according to plan. I wanted it to be like this, but now it's like this. Why do I always have to struggle? Why is it so hard? Yada, yada, yada. Those things... um, What would it be like to to allow the potter to finish the thing that he's working on and to find out what you're being made into? Romans 9 says, One of you will say to me, Then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? I've asked God, why did you make me like this? I know multiple people who have asked that question. 
Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Um, there's this thing where all of us want to be the most expensive vase, um, but uh, chamber pots were needed more. Like Things that were useful to the kingdom of God are a bigger deal. And so um, if you're in that place right now of going, well, this is what I want it to look like, and why is God not getting with the program? Today is about checking back in to, to say, well, have, I'm the clay. Is the clay purified? Uh, have, I, have I gotten rid of these things in it that are making it weak, that will make the potter not even want to work with it? And so refuting those things, making sure that your heart is in a good place, that you're not hardened, because you can't work with hard clay either. You might be clean, but if you're all dried out, no go. And then that the clay needs to stay on the wheel. One of the things we say, uh, anyone who's getting a fresh start, anyone who's um, in the re recovery program uh, and you're trying, to, um, you're trying to change massive parts of your life right now, the thing we always say is like, just keep coming back. Keep coming back. Well, keep coming back. Stay on the wheel. Stay on the wheel. Keep coming back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. I don't remember. I was off for two weeks, and now I don't know how much time it takes me to say stuff. I'm, I'm, early, I'm earlier today than normal. So that's good. Here's the challenge from, from this week, the story of the potter, to recognize that you are the clay and what things can you do um, from your end to ensure that God wants to work with you and form you into something beautiful, um, to remember that he breathes the breath of life into dust and turns it into something incredible, and that if you're frustrated with where you are right now, uh, it might just be because the, the pottery's not done yet, and he's working on something that's been in his mind for a long time. And how, you, how can you just be of service to him and to the kingdom um, with what you've been made into? So let's pray. God, thank you for being a, a master potter. Thank you for recognizing when, uh, when the materials aren't good to work with and when things aren't right and when certain things need to be made a different way. Thank you for having a plan for our life, a good plan. And I pray that any of us in, that, in those, those frustrated places of wanting to know how something's going to turn out, that we would be able to to surrender ourselves to your wheel. Purify ourselves. Remove the sin that we have in our lives. 
work on our hearts, being softened, whatever that looks like, if it's just beginning to pray, God, give me a soft heart. That you give us more and more opportunities to look like you to anybody that we encounter. And that you would make us into something useful. We surrender ourselves to you and just recognize that you are, you're the master, you're the creator, you're the artist. And who are we that you are mindful of us? Thank you. We love you, Lord. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. If anyone would like prayer for anything, um, we'll have some prayer team people over here by the cross. They'd love to for pray. more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.